What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Off the Cuff. And man, this is the second episode of 2024. And forgive me, I'm if I sound a little stuffy. I'm coming on the I'm on the tail end of a cold that I've been fighting for the past two or three days. So I hate being stuffy, but don't we also please uh, uh, forgive me for that? But uh, man, today I am excited to be sharing um, this episode because I and it's one of those where words almost fail me to describe what you know what the conversation is about but not only that but how i even came across this person to begin with so today i'm welcoming on allison Sherrill, and allison is she is um a i guess so, so one of the previous episodes a couple hundred horses later is a episode featuring two of my clients lee and phil rast who they are the co-founders of red clay ranch equine rescue and sanctuary and Allison is, believe it or not, she is from London, England, and through crazy circumstances, which we'll cover in the podcast, was over visiting the the ranch while I was out there shooting uh, video content for them, and we got to talking, and one thing led to another, heard about her absolutely amazing story and some of the things that she's done, and I instantly said, please, let me, you know, let me get you on my podcast. And I explained to her what we do. And, you know, so she, without hesitation, was just like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we just went with it. But uh, she played the piano. And this is something that you'll hear right when the episode opens. Um, not only will, will you soon quick pick up on what her very special gift is or talent or uh, calling, whatever you might want to call it. She is a pianist, a professional pianist. She's no longer traveling, uh, but... For many years, she traveled the world playing piano uh, for at prestigious resorts and hotels. So the episode opens up with her playing the piano dedicated to the pet Max, who is uh, Red Clay Rescues, one of their dogs, Max. The song was dedicated to Max, and you'll know why soon. haven't been professional for over a decade and by the sounds of it I would think you just left like touring the world doing this <laughs> yesterday wow well thank you so much awesome especially now, for Max so oh my gosh so that was Max <laughs> Max the dog who we're actually so we're sitting in one of our mutual friends living rooms at this at this moment um, and we have a piano here. We have Max, the, the dog, underneath the piano. And um, Allison, who I've, I've actually known. We, we met last year. We've only known We've probably been in each other's presence collectively 25 minutes. True. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe, well, a few hours at this point. Yeah. But um, so, so I, I've got a billion things to talk about. Not really, but we'll just, it sounds, it's dramatic when you say the billion word, right? You know? <laughs> it's fine. So, but, uh, so first let's, let's answer the question, like, 
So, Allison, what is your background? You know, and I always like to start every podcast off with how we met because the whole podcast really stems from my network and my love of people and connecting with people. So, how did we meet and kind of where we are? And because the location tends to be a story or a character, you know, as it were. So, where, who are you? You know, how did we meet and where are we at? So, how did we meet? Yeah. So, so I'm Alison Sherrill, mm-hmm. and uh, I came out to Red Clay Ranch last year to connect with the animals and be a volunteer, uh, for, you know, for Red Clay. And it was a, a wonderful experience, and I attended um, an incredible event, and that's where you were at, and I believe that's where I met you, at the, amongst other people at the event. That's correct. Yeah, so our, our mutual contact friend... Um, or friends, Lee and Phil Rast, who they were actually on an episode, they were on a previous episode of the podcast where we talked about the rescue and what they do. And Lee's around here somewhere. We'll we'll bring her on at some point because I know there's a couple of stories I want you guys to talk about because y'all have some, y'all have a really nice rapport and a pretty couple pretty interesting stories. And one of them is a surprise to me. I intentionally said I don't want to know about it until we record. Right. Which is how you guys met, which I'm still waiting to hear about that. But uh so that's how we met, and we're here at the ranch. I was actually up here um, yesterday or the day before, I can't even remember, um, and we just got to talking and learned a little bit more about you and found out that you're a, you know, you in your past life, you traveled the world playing piano and, you know, for, um, pl- you played largely at the, I you said you played largely at the, like, prestigious hotels and that kind of thing. Most of my work, I started off in London, but most of my work um, took me, to many parts of the world, Southeast Asia, Middle East, Europe, um, and it was over over twenty year period. Wow! So, and that's inter- interesting. And some people probably can tell by your accent, you're not from the South. You're not from the Southern United States. So, <laughs> where are you from? I'm from London. I'm from London in um, in England. Well, there you go. Which yeah. I visited Eng- uh, London once before, and we uh-huh. talked about that. Yeah. Um, which I, I visited London once before, and we talked about that, and. Um, what is what was that like? You know, is that where you were born, raised, grew up? Yes, yes, I was born in London. I am a Londoner. There you go. <laughs> I am indeed a Londoner, and I was born and raised there. And yes, I'm a I'm a townie. There you go. And I it's one of my favorite cities. I've been to several different several cities um, outside of the U.S. Um, and London has is by far my favorite city that I've traveled to. Um, honestly, probably of all the cities, even in the U.S. I mean, I love New York too, but. Sure. Man, London was just, especially for somebody who's not from there. You know, I grew up, mm-hmm. of course, listening or reading, reading and watching the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a big deal for me, too, because I got to go see, you know, where the Harry Potter studios and we did all the we went to the Buckingham Palace and, you know, we did the touristy stuff. Um, but I, I want to go back one day. But, man, what was it like growing up um, in London? Do you have any any for us Americans, you know, what, do you have any interesting tidbits or thoughts about what's it like growing up in London and then visiting America maybe? What's it like visiting America as a, a townie, as, as you said? I think what I really love about coming to this part of, of America is, um, so I've, I've been to quite a few states um, in America, um, but what I love about Georgia is that it, it feels like real America. Mm. Um, it's very different. Um, yes, I suppose one could say I had a culture shock when I came, but it was a very good culture shock because um, just spending all this time in the countryside and being in you know, undulating, beautiful um, 
you know, country, trees. And when I, when I have grown up in an urban city, it's very, very different, but um, beautiful. And that was another reason why I returned back for the second time. Yes. Okay. So this is the second time you've been to the, yeah. to the to, to Georgia. Second time that I've been to Red Clay Rescue. The Red Clay Rescue. Yeah. Okay. In Georgia. Yes. And you stay here, and like last year and this year, you stay here for somewhat of a extent, somewhat extended period of time, and well, I guess a month, a, a month or so, and then yeah, it's just less than a month this time, but it was almost almost a month, almost and, a month. And then yeah. what do you what do you do here on the when you're here? What do you do? So every morning, wake up at seven o'clock, join the lovely delightful workers and feed the horses, water the horses, uh, muck out, clean out, more cleaning um, and grooming okay. the horses too. So, so it keeps me busy for seven or eight hours a day and it was very good fun. Wow. Well, and, and for the listeners who, who may not know that much about Red Clay Rescue at this time, um, the, the episode that I was actually here and I spoke with Lee and Phil, who actually are the co-founders of the Red Rescue, uh, that episode, I can't remember the episode number, but it's called A Couple Hundred Horses Later. So if you want more information about that, you can also go to redclayrescue.org um, or you want to you know, learn all about the, the, the rescue and what they do and how long they've been in operation and what the, all the amazing things they do and have done. Um, highly encourage you to look at, uh, go listen to that episode A Couple Hundred Horses Later. But I don't want to get... Um, because of that, I don't want to get too deep into the rescue itself because that's already been that story's already been told at least on this podcast. So, I digress a little bit, but um, just for the listeners who may be wondering, you know, what is Red Clay Rescue? There's all sorts of all sorts of information about that. But today, um, but that's where we are, you know, and that's you know, you're here, you're working, you know, here, and you're actually leaving, flying back out to to London tomorrow. Is that correct? I am going home. So I caught you right at the last minute. You did indeed. Yes, you did. I leave tomorrow. I love it. So, well, safe travels. Um, I know that can be... Are you going to Atlanta direct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's about eight, eight hours or so, nine flight? About nine hours. Nine hours. Okay. I'll be flying through the night. There you go. Would you yeah. ca- catch, you, catch you some Z's and, yeah. you know, it'll, it'll go by quick. Fabulous. So, well, very cool. So one of the things I definitely... I know we talked about... We briefly mentioned the piano career and, my gosh, you know... Um, and I want to, I don't want to leave that just yet, but just so that we kind of know where we're going with this conversation, the, the thing that was most, even more interesting than that, believe it or not, was when I found out that, uh, through, through Lee, she kind of drug it out of you that, uh, you, uh, are a basically, and I don't, I don't even know how to talk about this, frankly, I, this is so new to me. I want you to explain it, but you are an animal, I'm an uh, animal communicator, an animal communicator. Okay. Yeah. Pet communicator animal communicator, so wild animals, pet animals, um, and I suppose it's an intuitive, it's a very, very strong intuitive telepathic link that I have with them. Would you say it's a spiritual connection that you feel, or is it more of like an aura type situation? I would say to you that it's, I feel that all animals are spiritual. Mm -hmm. I feel they're all sentient. You know, they're not like, if you think about it, they're not like humans where they uh, calculate situation. They, I mean, they can be calculative in some ways, a bit manipulative, but they don't calculate like a human. Yeah. They don't analyze like a human. They will be in the moment. They will be in the moment. They have great memories, but they are very, very sensitive. All animals are sensitive, and I love that quality. And it was something that I was born with. Oh, yeah. I was born with it. And to be honest with you, I ran away from it because it, I didn't understand it. I just thought that everybody else had that same thing. Mm. And everybody else can have that same thing, but not everybody else chooses to yeah. connect with it. 
Um, but it's been wonderful. I feel like there's a lot of things that people are born with that as they grow and they mature, they forget. And honestly, imagination is one of them, you know, but um, that's a different slightly different conversation but yeah. i think that's it's interesting you say that though because isn't i mean i do think there's a lot of things people are born with that they just society tells them or snuffs yeah. it out and they just yeah. they forget to be in tune with the, and, and it's also partially fear you know some people are just they're just the unknown the, they, yeah. they feel but it's really quite straightforward i mean that music you heard at the beginning mm -hmm. that was improvised on the spot as i went in but i tuned into what I felt was the personality and the character of Maxwell. Yes. And just and that was something I was doing when I played in the hotels. Mm -hmm. I would connect with people and just play and improvise for hours. I love it. And I dabble in piano. I mean, when I say dabble, I mean, I dabble. I mean, I, you know, look up the occasional YouTube video a lot more when I was younger just because I had more time. But I, I would love to go, you know, just look up YouTube videos, how to play songs on the piano that were popular popular songs that I liked and things like that so um, we do have that in common in a very very small degree because I do have a very subtle slight extremely slight music background but mm -hmm. uh, but it's just it's amazing what it does to the brain and the science and the studies behind it and how music I actually this I have an episode that's not released yet where I talk to a musician and we talk about how really music when you think about it is the first form of art that all human beings are exposed to because in the mm -hmm. womb that's the only art you can actually mm -hmm. consume because mm -hmm. you, know, you can hear, you know, people speaking, you can hear, you know, you can hear poetry, but you don't have any idea what any of that stuff is in the womb. But in the womb, you can you're moved by music. You mm -hmm. can hear music. So it's a very interesting thought that we had. And um, anytime I bring someone on who's a musician, I like to talk about like um what your like what what are your beliefs when it comes to the power of music and how that impacts people and you know why is it so why is music such a universal language music is very healing it's very uplifting it uplifts the soul um it's elevating and that's why it's so good that there are many different styles and genres of music and one of the things that i'm planning to do when i go back to england which i'm so excited about by the way is to for my clients that book you know their pet readings with me is to supply music for them for their pets and i'm really looking forward to that that's going to be a new angle of my work i love that so you're going to create composition like i did just now like i did just now when we came in for max uh -huh. i will be doing it for, for 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 clients and will you record it and send it to them yes there's a there's an app you can use and wow. you can actually have have the app recording you can see your fingers moving you oh, can wow. hear it and i will be doing that that's my next project wow okay so that's very okay that's very excited about it i, I would be too that's uh that's not not every day you come across someone who can do that or you know people are are lucky enough to have people to actually want to pay them to do that wow make a living doing oh they that. well they you know how people are with their pets they oh, love, love their, their pets, pets. Yeah. and the other thing is when people lose their pets they really are sad they miss them so composing for their pets that have passed as well is mm. also quite comforting for people yeah and i can totally relate to that i've lost several pets in my wow. life so um i can see how that would be very yeah. special very special for sure Maybe. so um so before we get off of the piano piece yeah. part of the conversation um I want to talk about because I know you said you traveled the world, and and believe me, this is this is not even the most, in my opinion, the most interesting part of this conversation. 
But before we leave, I want to talk about, before we leave this topic, just what's it like, what's it like um, traveling so many different places? And do you have any interesting stories or anything that just top of mind that comes up about, you know, your experiences travel and your travels? I've got a fabulous story to share with you. Something that happened to me in Japan. I went to a, a, it was a sort of a holiday Japanese resort. So there were no English speaking people at all. There were no, I don't think there were too many Westerners. And I was playing in a a really beautiful uh, bar uh, each evening for the guests that would come in and have a drink, sit down and listen and chill. And I remember one night they, the lights would go out and the lights on the piano would come on and then I'd be singing and I'd do 30 minute spots. And one night, they loved John Lennon. They loved sort of the John Lennon stuff out there. And I sang Imagine. Oh, man. And they started giggling in the back of the bar. There were, there were these women that were just putting their hands over their mouths and giggling frantically. And I thought, what are they doing? I carried on, had to carry on. And then when I stopped, I felt I, I didn't understand what had happened. So I was on a break, went out, and, and they giggled and giggled. The next evening, when I came back to the bar, they kept, one lady came in, came up towards me with a beautiful red rose. And she said, you, Royce, beautiful. Thank mm. you, John Lennon music they couldn't speak English. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was so touched, but that's what they would do. They would kind of gasp, but that's some of them sort of yeah. do that. I've had, I've had so many different experiences with some lovely experiences, little things like that, but that touched my heart. Um, Cambodia was unbelievable, you know, temples, playing in the evenings, improvising for people that had been at the temples all day. And there was a few funny things in Scandinavia that happened that were that were quite funny, sitting round the piano, sitting round the piano, a bit close, but oh. it was it was quite because they were, they yeah they they were very open, um, and I would have to kind of keep things nice and calm, but oh. it was but it was but it was fun. It was every every country had a different flavour, every place, every person, and it really taught me about the walks of life, and it opened me up today. I would say much more that journey of, you know, just traveling around to all those countries just opened me more and more and more. I love that. And so if you could, if you had, if you were forced to live based on all your experiences in the traveling, oh. if you had to live somewhere, you couldn't live in, you couldn't live in London, you couldn't live in England, you couldn't even live in the United States. Oh, where would you have, where, if you had to pick one spot to settle down? That's very difficult because I loved so many. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not able to answer, answer that, that question. There were too many fabulous experiences on my journeys. And that's fine. And that's the thing is sometimes no answer is the best answer you can give. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> too many amazing experiences. Many. Sometimes I felt like I could settle in Japan. There, there was a time that I could have settled in Japan, but things changed. My plans changed yep. um, with that. But yes, there was, I would say probably it would have been Japan had things been a bit different. Just the impossible answer. And I can totally get that. I mean, how do you choose? But uh, sometimes I ask that question with people that have traveled a lot and they tend, sometimes they have answers and sometimes they're just like, wow, I can't even, there's just too much. But if the experience was so, was that good, I would say Japan would be, be the first stop had things been a bit different. Yes. It'd be one of the top choices yes. for sure. Yeah, it was wonderful. Wow. People. Amazing. I have a friend from Japan. Um, so I've, I've never, I've not been to that part of the world, um, okay. but it's one that I have considered, largely considered going to in like some point in the next 10 years. I mean, not, not, it's not on my short list, but I mean, it's, I've heard just amazing things about like Tokyo and 
Um, is it Tokyo specifically? No, it wasn't Tokyo. It was an island called Shikoku in, okay. the, in, the, in, the, in the south. Ah, okay. um, that was where I went. I, yeah, I did go to Tokyo, but it, but I wasn't. It, I didn't spend time there. The, okay. the, the place I, uh, was a, a beautiful town called Matsuyama, which means tree mountain. Matsuyama uh, is tree mountain, and I just spent time, you know, in that resort. And that's where I was. And it was amazing. And is it difficult though, like uh, with the language barrier? I guess if you stayed oh. mostly in the resort, I would assume there's a lot of people there that do understand English at least some of the more like no. the workers no, no they, they were getting the dictionaries out every oh, second wow. i had some incredibly mind-blowing experience i did another interview on on a, on a on a sky channel speaking about all of this it was quite interesting um but there were there was there was there were some very interesting run-ins um i they gave me a bicycle and said well this is how you're going to get around and i'd have to be asking everybody to and they would walk with me with their motorbike to show me where, because I, I love the gym, I love to exercise. Uh -huh. So they'd show me where the gym was and that was what happened. There were lots of amazing experiences. I, I would say that a bunch of kind people wow. on my travels, very helpful. Well, very cool. And of course we could, you know, I try to keep, I have to keep these podcasts limited to a certain amount of time. So yeah. of course we could talk for two days probably about yeah. all of your travels. But <laughs> yeah. before we get to the next part, which is the most, I think, even more interesting than that, which is hard to believe. Um, I want to get up, change position. I want to walk outside if that's okay. Let's walk around. I know you said you like exercise. Let's walk. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So we're sitting right now. We're getting up from the basically the living room, and we're going to just walk outside. And Lee's out here somewhere. Okay. <laughs> and she's gonna, she wants to come on at some point. We're going to talk about um, a couple of stories with, her, with Lee. If you could just shut that door behind me. Sure. Oh, yeah, we can't have tin coming out or yeah. the dogs. My hands are just... I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Base. I'm holding a, mi <laughs> holding a microphone and an audio recorder, so I don't really have my hands. But, uh, okay, so now we're outside, and first of all, just what are we seeing? You know, my gosh, what the beauty... Red Clay Rescue, such a beautiful place. It's, it's gorgeous, and it's idealistic, and it's wonderful. There's been times I've just gone out there you know, in the early evening, taken the gator and just driven it right round and just gone to hang out with the horses. And it's just been amazing. And sunrise and sunset here is just... To wake good. up, yeah, to wake up in the tiny house in the morning yeah. and just see the sunrises. And sometimes in the mornings, the it's very misty. So it's got this yes. beautiful, hazy sort of sheen all the way across. And you can see a horse in the distance. Yes. Which is... Uh, which is really lovely and i'll put a link to the actually every couple of years or so i put together a film for the for the rescue that's just kind of an all-encompassing overview and i put a link to the film in um it's like three minutes it's like a just a short you know fun <laughs> beautiful little overview video and i'll yeah. put a link i'll put a link to that in this episode i also put a link to it in the last episode i recorded out here but um so you can get a sense of like what we're seeing because it is just absolutely amazing beautiful I mean, there's like approximately 90 horses out here that some of them are blind. Yeah, it's about 80, yeah, 87. Yeah, in the ballpark of 90, something like that. Many of them are blind. And yes. they are, they, Phil and Lee know every single horse's name. And, you know, it's just, it's amazing. It's just, it's, I tell people, and I said it in the last episode and I'll say it again. Every time I come here, when you cross that threshold, it feels like you're stepping into like a, a different place. Yes. Like it feels like you're stepping into... A different world almost yes it does it does and i and that's one of the reasons i wanted to come back yeah 
you know, to, to, to have that feeling of stepping into another, almost like stepping into another dimension. It re- honestly, that's, I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, that is absolutely true. So, well, now that we're out here, we're, we're getting some fresh air. We got the, we're surrounded by horses and fresh air. I want to talk, so one thing Lee mentioned is that effectively you were, and I, this is the part I don't know a lot about, but you were on television in, yes. in like, was it BBC? It's not BBC, it was Sky. Okay, Sky. I was on Sky TV so for Sky about... Sky TV? Yeah, yeah, I was on Sky TV for, um, for about 10 years. So what did what was it that you did? What was it, a show, I guess? Was it like an episodic television series? So it was, it was running every day. Oh, wow. And they have... Um, other sort of psychic mediums, clairvoyants that would come come in and I'd work with other psychics and basically what would happen is we would all be interviewed by the presenter and then we would do, then the, basically the, the public would send voicemails in, call in, voicemails, text messaging and we would do television readings. But they're quick, they're on the, they're actually on the, on the, on the go, literally like this mm-hmm. short you know um, and we would do that I, I have to tell you I found it quite commercial yeah. I, I prefer um, working one-to-one oh really because okay. it's yes because it's intimate it's personable it's setting a space for that for that person it gives me time to, to really link in you know on TV it's very commercial but they loved it and they enjoyed it and mm-hmm. we had fun with the presenter we'd I'd get the giggles the whole time we'd all yeah, you know, it was light it was very light-hearted um, and, and I really enjoyed the learning curve of it because it wasn't in my plan to ever go on TV and be a TV psychic it just yeah. wasn't my yeah, it wasn't something that I planned to do. And, and the way it came about, by the way, <laughs> was not a, a plan either. I was at an event, doing a well-being event at a festival, and a lady came up to me and said, Hello, Alison Cheryl, I'm da-da-da-da-da, I'm working at this, this company, and we'd like you to come down and do a casting. And I said, Oh, I'm not ready for that. She said, Oh, I think you are, I've been watching you. <laughs> so I said, I'll come and have a cup of tea. One thing led to another, and I ended up presenting. I ended up actually presenting on there. Oh, wow. So I was presenting and doing the readings. Well, um, so again, this is something yet again, we could spend two days talking about, <laughs> but we have to rein it in. So, sure. <laughs> what, so you, you exactly, it's not something you wake up as a little girl and say, you know, I think I'm gonna be a, a pet psychic on television. You know, so that's interesting. No, that was the last thing that I had planned to be. I always <laughs> always loved animals. Um, we got a, one of the feeding trucks is passing us. No, I always loved animals from a, from a super young age, but it was always my dream that I would travel around the world as a musician, wow. singing and playing, and that dream came true. Well, there you go. But the other thing I, I, I kept running from, and it was almost as though it kept chasing me. You know when somebody taps you on the shoulders if you say, um, you've got to go that way, this is yeah. what you're meant to be doing, and that was my next calling, yeah. and that's where it led me. So let's, let's walk a little bit yeah. now that we're outside. We've been yeah. kind of standing. Let's, let's walk a little bit. So... Um, Gosh, where do I even begin? So, like, what <laughs> what would you say when you when you have conversations with people about what you did or you know did on television? And this is something you basically still do, just more on the private sector, right? I'm not on TV now. I was on TV for ten years. Finished the TV now. It came off in the lockdown. As as we know, there were lots of changes in the lockdown. Things of course. Changed. Um, and that's what t- kind of took a lot of people out of their comfort zone. Um, but I carried on working from home. So what they did, instead of taking it out on Sky, it changed a couple of years ago. And they patched the TV 
actually it was sky for quite a bit they patched it through to our homes okay so that i would go through um still on the camera and, and everything i set up a barrier behind me so to make it as, as you know, realistic and professional as possible uh -huh. so they didn't want to see you know a window in the background or something whatever but yeah i did that um and uh carried on that for a while but realized that changes had to be made and i had to start thinking about other work and the other work that led me more into the more intensely into the animal pet work so i'm still working with people i'm just not working on tv now i'm not doing that i'm not doing that okay I'm, I'm working sort of more privately with people okay i keep i don't burn my bridges so i've still got the connection with that tv channel mm -hmm. uh, and do occasional things but i'm doing mostly private well, there you go and there's there's nothing wrong with that hey working you know you get to set your own hours and be a little more you know it's become more busy oh more busy yes oh well there you oh, go oh gosh yes since i took that on it's quite funny when we become more open to something what that can bring in yeah you know i played it quite safe for a while with the tv i knew mm. that i had those shifts so i'd go along and do them a few times a week and they were long long hours you know they were like eight eight nine sometimes ten hour shifts yeah but when i took myself out of that comfort zone it's quite incredible how yeah i didn't know it would turn out like this so i'm really i'm humbled actually i'm grateful well there you go um and that so Again, so my, my, my guess the question would be for me is like um, when you talk to people about what you do, like what are some of the questions that always pop up? What are some of the top questions people ask you? Because this is not something I mean, I've never <coughs> it's I would at least in this part of the world. I don't know about um, over there, but it's not a common thing to come across, you know, in Georgia or in or the just state. in well, at least in my experience, that's not. Okay. That's something that's common. It's actually so, very big in America. What's that? Oh, it's actually it? very big in America. Oh wow! Okay. It's just different parts of America. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's it's very it's very big out there. I I, I know some of the some of the some of the psychics that that do it, but I get people coming to me from America as well. Okay. Well, what are what are some of the main like top questions? So the you questions. Get? Like, what are some of the things you hear on a regular basis over and over again? Like, what are the questions you have to just? You almost have a like a okay <laughs> prepared answer for it. This right. Point. Well, I I can answer that by saying to you that when I worked on the television company, it was much more about relationships. You know, when's he going to contact me? Is it, is it working? And some of the topics were, were quite tenuous because they were repetitive. And that was one reason why I was so pleased to get out of there. Uh -huh. Because now, privately, there are deeper topics, other stuff, direction, you know, direction in people's lives, changing their careers, um, dynamics with, with their colleagues. Sometimes they are attracted to their boss. Um, Other times it's, well, it's not a lot of that. There's, I would say to you, there's no repetitive anything. Yeah. What I love about this work is that I don't have to plan any answer. I wouldn't dream of planning an answer before a reading. I have to be in the zone, in a very calm meditative state, almost what we would call alpha level. Uh -huh. Really calm, really calm. Not asleep, but just, you know, that feeling before you fall asleep and you're just kind yeah. of like really relaxed. Sort of that that's when it, zone. So that's when it comes in, the muse. That's wow. when the muse kicks in, maybe shapes, maybe pictures, maybe colors, maybe uh -huh. locations, uh, countries, names. And that was something I was born with. So, and when, I know I, when, when people hear psychic, they think- oh, um, There's such a stigma attached well, to that word. There's, well, 
and I mean, I think we've evolved, honestly, as a people. I mean, people are more, especially in 2023. I just think, at least in America, it took, I mean, it seems like nothing is weird anymore, you know? I mean, and there is still. I mean, there's people that, you know, have their mindsets and their things, but... Yeah. I, th I feel like if there's never, prob there's probably never been a more open time, at least in American culture, where everybody's just talking about everything. You know, everybody's... We can all be, you know, and I feel like in some respects, I mean, politically, that's not a, not something, I wouldn't say that's true, mm. but when it comes to other walks of life and things like that, I do think that it has evolved quite a bit. Um, oh, it has. You're, I totally agree with you yeah. there. It, it, it has, it has opened even in the last 10 years. Yeah. I have to say, yeah, it's 10 years ago, it was more, it was more closed. Yeah. It's got better. There's more curiosity. There's more... People uh, contact me and they say, I've never had this before, but I'm really drawn in. Yeah. Tell me, you know, they, they need to feel comfortable. You know, the, the thing about it also is that I wouldn't want somebody to feel uncomfortable in, during it. So the whole point is to put somebody really at ease mm -hmm. and have a chat and then you lead into it. Well, and I know, well, and part of what I was getting at too, like, not in the stigma standpoint, but when you hear yeah. when people hear the word psychic, they think, "Oh, fortune teller," or "You can predict the it's, future." And from what I understand, that's not at all what you did. It's nothing like that. Yeah, I, I, I it, people say to me, and they, uh, you know, can you tell me, you know, what's going to happen? The answer is no. Yeah, I can give direction. It's not the same thing. Yeah, to share what one perceives and picks up and is is given through it's channeling it's channeling but to say fortune teller never i wouldn't want to be yeah I wouldn't even, want if, to even be. if i had it's that power not. i wouldn't want anybody to know no exactly no <laughs> you know it's, well i'm not anyway i, I don't have that and, and so, i wouldn't want and i wouldn't yeah, want that that's not I, either yeah. you so. know no it's 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 a deep deep intuition it, you know the word psychic is is what is psychic it's just it's advanced intuition. I like that. It's advanced intuition. Um, and it's being open and just being receptive and, and not drinking too much coffee. Well, that's... Because that closes the channel a lot. I do well, find... Well, if that's the case, I have no... I, I, if you cut me, I bleed coffee, so... Sorry? If you cut me, I bleed coffee, so I would not... Um... <laughs> I'm no, sure I understand. <laughs> no, I understand. I know. I mean, I've been drinking lots of coffee here, but when I go back, I won't be. I won't be having any. Well, not once before I start work. This is a side topic, but when you mention top coffee, yeah. are you a tea drinker back home? or? Um, do you... No. So even, Isn't that even incredible? Back, there back I am. Home, you're a coffee drinker when you do drink coffee? I'm, no. I'm, so neither? No, I, I, I like herb tea. Oh, I, herb tea. I love herb tea. Okay. I love it. it. It's, it's just, it just goes well. It just goes well. It sets me up, and I and my favourite drink is water. Oh, what what the best? Just the best drink of all. Yeah, I get through lots of that as well back home because it's really good to flush. Drink, oh yes. Drink, 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 drink. Yes. Uh, especially after a client, you know, and then you just drink, and it's really positive. So yes, yeah. But coffee, maybe before after a long flight when I get back, I will okay. do that, and that will be it. There's a there's a time and place for everything. But uh, not, yes. not, it doesn't have to be hundred okay. percent. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, all right. So I just had to throw that in there because no, you, I mentioned, get that. you mentioned coffee, and that's like one of my things. I'm kind of uh -huh. 
uh, as good or for better or worse is something I'm known for. So, you know, I, it, we we bring that up. I have it's very to, I have popular to, here. It is very it popular is. drink. It's also I so enjoy it as yes, well. Yes, yes, and um, and I've talked about uh, many 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 a time on this podcast. I've people, if you're a listener and you have been listening, you know good and well my love for coffee. So that's not a surprise. But uh, uh-huh. so what? Um, so let's t- keep talking about the. Um, the with your when you're with your clients in the private sector when you're dealing with like the pet communication and pet work. Uh, the pet work so what is a day in the life look like for you typically like you know like a, an average tuesday you know it's a busy tuesday let's say you're back home tuesday and the phone's off the hook you got people coming in what's a what does that look a day in the life a week in the life what's that okay so let's take a tuesday as as an as an idea so i i get up quite early and I'll have a few clients that day and I tend to keep the pet reading separate from the personal, the personable, like the people, human readings. So on a, on a, on a usual busy Tuesday, I will be preparing lots of reports and you're probably wondering reports. What are those? Um, and we just walked back in the house, by the way. That's what that noise is, uh-huh. the door opening. So I'll have, I'll, I'll, I would have connected through with the animal and written, channeled through and made lots of notes because I work remotely. I work through a photograph because lots of people live far, far, far away, miles away. It's all over England, in other countries, Europe, overseas. Oh, wow. And when I first heard about reading for a, you know, reading for a pet through a photograph, I laughed. I said, that won't work, that will never work. I didn't believe it, it took me time to get into it. But anyway, after, after studying it for years and years, I discovered that it did work. Um, and um, so reports would be, I just thought I'd explain that about the reports. So the reports are put together and then, then, then the readings come into play and there's quite a few of those in the day. And the whole thing can take me up to about six to seven hours, eight hours. And then there's all the other things I've got to do, all the clerical stuff. It's busy. It's a busy, it's a busy life. What percent, what would you say, just not specifically, but what was, you'd say the vast majority of your clients are not local? How many, like, would you say, how often do you spend speaking? They're from all over. They're from all over. I do, you know, everywhere. So you don't spend a ton of time face to face, like, physically face-to-face with people. Yes, I do. I'll tell you what I do, the way it works. So I put the report together. Then we have a consultation on the video call. Okay. And they love that because they feel supported. Yes. And then we'll be talking together and it feels quite personable. I do go on location as well. I do go and meet the animals as well. It just depends how far away they are. If they're in London, then I'll drive out there. I'll drive over there. But there's a certain mileage. I have to be realistic about it if I'm doing lots of work. I have to do it, be, do it in a practical way, but it seems to work just as well um, remotely. And then we meet on, on, you know, on Zoom or on, you know, on, on a, a platform and spend an hour um, and we go through the whole report and then we have time to go to questions and answers. And it's quite full, it's, it's quite intense. So a what? lot goes into it and it works. What are some of the questions, like what kind of walk me through it? Like what are some of the questions and back and forth you would have with a client? Imagine I'm a client, like what, are, what is that engagement? 
So are you talking about when we are in the consultation? Yeah, the, the video consultation. The being done, we've started it. Yes. So the first thing I always ask a client is, have you had a reading before? Is this your first time? It's so important to ask that question. Some have never had it. Some have never, you know, and, and it's, it, I think it's a responsibility of mine to just also get a, get an idea if they have or haven't, because it's it's... It's quite intense. Mm -hmm. It's quite an intense thing. And if they've said, well, yes, I have, then great. If not, say, well, thanks for choosing me. And I'm going to go through the whole report with you. I'm going to share this with you and stop me at any time. I'll check in with you. I'll check back with you if you're following me. Do you understand? Um, and then th that it sort of goes th through. And then I share with them what has been channeled, what has been written down, what is noted down. There's usually about four big pages of it. Um, and we go through it together and sometimes it makes them laugh. Sometimes the things that the, the, the dog will, will share with me, some funny stuff or I'll, I'll be shown some funny things that, that I share. And I think it's really important to keep it light. Obviously, it's, it's yeah. serious because there's usually an issue with the dog or the cat or the horse or the hamster. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I, it can be emotional for the client. So I, yeah. I, like to, I like them to be comfortable. So I'll find a way to lift it and, and uh, you know, in a, in a positive way. But it's usually to get to the root of, a, of an issue, why they're doing this, why they're doing that. Sometimes it's because they're depressed. Yeah. Other times it's, it's lots of reasons. It's yeah. quite complex. What, would, what is the, um, well, one comment before I get to the next question, it's kind of a bizarre question, but the one comment is just, you know, when I think about this, I feel like it's so personal because people's pets, it's like they're, sometimes people almost get more emotional about their pets than their own kids. I, you know? Well, yeah, they can. Yeah. You know, their relationships, their partners, I mean, yeah. they can. Yeah. They can. And so it's such a sensitive topic, such a careful, you must have to be so careful. Um, and I, Mindful, I, I, I would say. I would say Just mindful. Mindful. Thoughtful, mindful. Yes. yes. Okay. That's about like that. Um, and it's interesting. So like how you could, someone with your abilities and your, you know, what you're doing could so easily abuse people and, and use this for evil, you know, but it's, but I love how what you're doing is you're oh, doing yeah. it to create peace and create calm and to create um, a level of, of comfort. I mean, that's absolutely always priority and intention. And the other, I mean, there was a funny thing that did happen. There was a really sweet uh, lady that came to me and she was very worried about her dog because he just seemed to howl the whole time didn't stop howling in inside the house he, and she kept cuddling him and she said, I just don't understand. And it turned out that he wanted a friend. He wanted a mate oh. to, to, to play with. And they obviously got him, um, they brought in another puppy and life changed. Wow. It was much better. So there's all sorts of things, but it is my intention to make sure that I put that person in a comfortable place and that, that it is sensitive and it's for them, it's not for me. It's for the client. It's for the pet as I love well. It. I love that. What um, I mean, you made me think of something else I wanted uh -huh. to ask too. But before we get, what is the most bizarre um, animal or pet that you've had to that you've been asked to to communicate with? A reptile. Oh. It was a bearded dragon. A bearded dragon. Yeah. Okay. It was very unusual. So what was that like? And it was fascinating. I mean, I, I, I even thought at first, gosh, this is really going to be different. But he's a creature and he has feelings and he's going to talk to me. He's going to tell me what's going on. And it just turned out that and I, I knew nothing about them. I didn't research him. I knew nothing. And basically he told me that <laughs> he told me that he wanted her 
to read him stories oh, and wow. talk to him more and make it warmer where he, in his area of where he lived. He wanted more heat. Oh. And she said that was quite helpful because she thought it was warm enough, but apparently it hadn't been. Well, that's, oh, and I actually have a friend who, one of my clients actually, he has, I think, three lizards. I'm not, they're very large lizards. I'm not sure what the breed or kind of lizard, but they're, but yeah, I can, I might need to connect you with him because he has a hard time sometimes with, with those lizards. Oh, they're <laughs> hey, so sweet. He loves, he loves them, I know, but he could probably, uh, sometimes it's hard to, you know, pets, like dogs and cats, mm. they tend to be more emotional, like on the outside, whereas reptiles and lizards tend to be more... It's more subtle. Yeah, very subtle. It's much more subtle. It's not as obvious, absolutely. You know, because they don't wag a tail if they're happy, you know, <laughs> so... Um, but I'm... Look at their eyes, though. They have, mm. They're very expressive eyes, but sometimes it's difficult to see that. Yeah, that's true. You know, I've never even thought about that. But, um, mm -hmm. well, really, I mean, if you look at any any creature in their eyes, it's difficult not to see something, you yeah. know? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, it's... I believe so. Maybe maybe not an insect, but if you, I don't know, if you get a microscope and you look into their eyes, who knows what you see? Well, I had a lovely connection with a bee once, but anyway. Oh, well, there you And they're tiny, but they've <laughs> got amazing tiny. eyes. You should ch check it out. Obviously, don't get too close, but it's well, quite sweet. That might be something I look on, like a YouTube video or something to mm. see. The, the no, way I understand I don't that. Want... No, I get it. <laughs> but, uh, so, okay. Goodness. Okay, so I had one other question. I was gonna. It was about the animal, but um, yes. Oh, success stories. Like, tell me, do you, do you have just something that pops in your mind as one of the biggest wins, biggest success stories? And then, be well, before you answer that, after this, I want to talk to. I want to go find see if we can wrangle up Lee and get her okay. on the podcast. But gosh, without going to the Google business page and seeing all the reviews, yeah. I, you know, I'm you know because I'm in this. It, it's to think of that. The, I yeah. mean, it, there have been. I mean, I, I, I would be stopping doing this if it if it wasn't. Yeah. If there weren't success stories, um, there's there's been some incredible experiences with with animals and pets. Um, what have been some of the success stories? Are like at working here on the on, on at the rescue, working with the horses. In fact, let's. This yeah, is actually a great Lee. segue. Let's go ahead. And, hey, let's go ahead and get Lee on here. Hey, Lee, you here? You, I, she's in the other room. So my goodness, so we've been talking um, at this point, we've been going for about 45 minutes or so, at least on the recording time. And um, we have, we basically, we've talked, just to kind of catch you up, Lee, we've talked all about her piano career and the television career and her, you know, the clairvoyance and the, you know, what the pet communication and what she does on a daily basis. We've had a really fun in-depth conversation. So we, but then it came down to some you know success stories and things like that, and it basically wound up being a perfect transition, perfect segue to her impact here here at the rescue, which has been huge. So tell us a little bit from your perspective, what's that been like having having Allison here and her impact and what she does. We've talked we've talked about what she does on a daily on a daily you know throughout the day here, mm -hmm. but touch on more of the impact overall impact. Well, to be honest with you, I had absolutely no idea that Allison was a psychic. I had absolutely no idea. I thought she was just some nice London person who wanted to come visit and play with the horses, and and that was fine with me. So um, when she came, um, sh something happened that that 
you know, kind of shocked me. And then when I realized she was a psychic, I thought, well, that explains that. Um, we were, it's probably the first day I think I met you. We, we were around the lunch table, just having lunch. I think there were some other people there. And we were laughing about middle names, bad names. And my middle name, of course, is Florine. Go ahead and laugh. It's okay. <laughs> Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. And my middle name is Florine, and it's a family name. It was my grandmother's name. It was my cousin's name, my mother's name, my name. And, um, of course, my cousin and I uh, squashed that in this generation. But um, we were laughing about Florine, and I said, yeah, you know, it was a family name. And, and a few minutes later... Um, Allison said, well, what about Gladys? I mean, we had discussed several names. And she said, well, what about Gladys? And I, I really was dumbstruck because that's my grandmother's name. And I thought, you know, it's not like she said, well, what about Mary or Sue or Jane? She said, what about Gladys? And I mean, I was just absolutely stunned. But, you know, uh, I, I asked her to, uh, she changed the subject, and I asked her to uh, revisit that. What in the world made you choose the name Gladys? And that's when, you know, she explained to me what, what she did. And um, at, it, it, it verified some things for me, for sure. <laughs> but actually, uh, you know, last year we noticed a remarkable change in some of the horses that she had worked with. It was actually pretty amazing uh one in fact was honey who has never been a loving wonderful horse i mean she's incredibly beautiful but to her past uh led her to uh, an existence that was less than trusting of human beings and allison really spent some time with her for the month that she was here last year and honey now will allow us to groom her and you know, <laughs> she's I won't say she's a pussycat, but she has improved remarkably. And um, you know, Allison works with the with the animals all the time. Uh, some that were less than trusting have, have come around. So oh yeah, I attribute that to Allison. Allison, what do you have to say to that? Well, I really thank you very much for that, by the way. Thank you. Um, well, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed the connection I had with Honey last year. Um, I did spend a lot of time with her, um, and she was quite incredible when she dropped her head down and brushed my cheek. It actually brought tears to my eyes. I couldn't come back in the house after because I was so emotional. I had to wait, but it was such an amazing... But I would say one thing about, uh, about um, horses. They sometimes need more needs more work. So what can happen is that whilst Honey may have felt a lot better after, it's, it's quite easy to slip back into that uh, pattern uh -huh. again of being a little bit wary or being a little guarded. And it, sometimes it's important to just repeat that connection and just work a bit more. It's something I've experienced back home. Uh -huh. It doesn't always happen in the first go. Well, there you go. Well, then it's, I mean, and we talked all about earlier, one of the things we touched on, Lee, was just 
red clay and being here and the beauty and which with all this you know some of the stuff we talked about when you were at the when you were on your episode when mm-hmm. you and phil were on mm-hmm. um but you know that kind of leads to my next question early my last question and this is the part that i was i purposely wanted to be ignorant because i wanted to be surprised on the podcast but i asked you guys yesterday at dinner how did you guys meet <laughs> and apparently it's an interesting story and i said don't tell me I want this. I want to be. I want to be with the listener. I want to hear this for the first time. So, all the way from London to you know Lyerly, Georgia. How in the world did the two of you connect and have been in you know now, you know working at this at the rescue? This is the second time you know. So mm-hmm. this it's a it's a that's a long way to go, a long way to connect and uh, to revisit not just once but twice now. So what has that been like? How did you guys meet? I'm all ears. You go ahead. <laughs> so, so okay. So the way this happened was, I, I was, I have Facebook. It's it's one of those platforms of communication, social media. And one day, I found this video that just popped up on my feed, and it was this delightful little horse called Bullet. And I just remember he was called Bullet because I could hear that somebody was somebody that was working there was saying. You know, Bullet is is 46, it's 46 year old. And I'm thinking, 46 years old horse, that's incredible. I've never heard of that. And that just put my ears up immediately. So, I, and I began following because I just loved the feeling and the vibe of, of just the whole vibe of, of red clay. And I looked, what's this? Oh, red clay. Oh, okay. And, and I was following, following, following. And, and cutting a long story short, because I could I could talk about this forever, basically. So cutting a long sh- and, and bringing it in a bit, what happened was that I, I was just thinking, I would love to go there and meet these horses and, you know, and, and do some voluntary work and, and help and help out and get involved and, and maybe connect with some of these horses that are in the sanctuary, because I understood it's a sanctuary. So the postings were coming and I was watching more and more. And then I put a note up there. I just, I put a, I, I just answered one of the posts and I, and, I, and I said, in my wildest dreams, I would love to come and volunteer in this beautiful place. Came back a message pretty quickly to my amazement from Lee, get yourself out here and I'll fetch you from the airport. I was like, it, 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 everything just went round and round for a second, thinking, how can that happen? How, and it's so far from England. And then, of course, it kicked in, you know, when one starts thinking about it, it kicks in and thinking, well, it's a bit far. So anyway, we had a conversation. I said, can we have a chat? Phoned her up. It was lovely to speak to her straight away. I just loved her voice. And I just knew that we were going to get on. I just felt this real connection. And I thought, wow, this is meant to happen. And Lee said... I'm very happy for you to come and volunteer here. You know, you can come and stay in, in the tiny house and, and um, you know, be, be a pleasure, but, but you have to come for a month I, I, because you need to get over, over your jet lag and get to know the horses. And I thought, yes, I can make this work. And that's how it happened. And then, of course, when I arrived here, I just felt, that, felt like I'd known her all my life. Well, we actually so comfortable. <laughs> don't forget that when when oh, she came, the oh, yeah. guest cottage oh, yeah. where she was to stay, uh, the air conditioning was broken. This is August <laughs> in Georgia mm. and we couldn't get it fixed. So here is a person who has come. You know, we don't know each other at all. 
And I said, you know, the only thing I can do until this is, is fixed and sorted is for you to stay in my guest bedroom in my house, which is difficult for some people, you know, to, to come in and be a guest in someone's home um, when you don't know each other. And uh, it, it actually was delightful. I think it was divine providence that that air conditioning broke because that gave us the opportunity to really develop a relationship yeah. and you know we've been we've been good friends since then mm -hmm. so i was absolutely tickled to bits that she could come back again this year and i'm twisting her arm now to see about next year i'm trying to do it but <laughs> see. before long you may be a permanent resident I <laughs> oh it's an amazing place isn't it? it's incredible i just feel that when i come here it just feels like i Breathe out. It is. I mean, it's it's a meditative. Mm -hmm. It's a place to find your soul. And the horses are just amazing. I agree. Yeah. I mean, this is a place to find your soul. I mean, there's no better way to put it, in my opinion. No, you know? you're exactly right. It is. So, um, well, guys, this is, you know, I, I, again, we could talk about, we could talk for probably another 10 hours but uh easily you know we're scratching the surface but we're just about we're pretty much at the hour mark but um and one thing i like to do and this is intention well somewhat intentionally last minute but one thing i like to do i like to end the show and normally i tell my my guests this beforehand but i forgot this time so we're going to try to make this spontaneous off the cuff so off to speak the cuff, yes even more <laughs> off the cuff than usual i like to i like to end every episode with a recommendation uh, a, a life recommendation it could be anything at all it could be a life hack it could be a book a song a poem a product um it's something i do every episode or most every episode um and it can be completely unrelated related to the conversation anything at all do you guys have anything well i mean given it the, could be life advice even uh, given the topic of um today i think I think I'd like to say, open yourselves up. Open yourselves up to new opportunities. Don't be afraid. I mean, if Allison had not been willing to open herself up to coming across an ocean to visit at a place where she had absolutely, you know, no clue, but look at what has come of it. Um, it it's been a beautiful friendship. She's done wonders for the horses. And, um, you know, that's open yourselves up to something new. I don't, like that. Don't be afraid. That's a very good. Allison, I know it's last man. I know it's spot, like totally on the spot. Do you have anything at all? Yes. I mean, I've got it. I've actually got it on my website. And it's never say never. Mm. Never say never. Because. Agreed. You never know. True. There you go. Well, my recommendation this is something that I've actually started yesterday. Um, we were actually talking about the saxophone last time I was here. Mm-hmm. And it's been sitting in my closet. I played saxophone when I was in middle school, and I've had that thing for 20 years now, or 19-something. And uh, I picked it up yesterday, and I've, I've bought a new strap for it and a stand for it and some things. I've just really, something I love to do in my spare time is just dabble in music, which is a perfect you know, link to our conversation earlier um, about how music is impactful and powerful. And uh, so that's something I recommend is you know getting a cheap guitar getting a cheap keyboard or just something and just going and looking up youtube videos and just start by there just start there and say i want to learn how to play the melody of my favorite song you know whatever song that is and just you know nowadays with youtube university you can learn 
you can be dangerous <laughs> in just about anything. So go. That's my recommendation: is if you've never picked up an instrument, pick a get a cheap one on Amazon just to pick around with, and do some YouTube University uh, research, and just you know, it's just so nice for the mind. Talking about meditation, talking about uh, finding your soul. That's another way to do it through music and. You know, it activates a part of your mind that nothing else does, really. Music. Agreed. True. So, well, very good, guys. If, if you, you have any closing any closing thought, thoughts, which I know your recommendations were basically closing thoughts, but before we officially sign off. Well, maybe that your, your listeners could come and visit Red Clay Rescue and see the horses and see what intrigued Allison to come here. Yes, and I'm actually, and I said earlier, but I'm, for you, I'm going to post the, the three-minute film. I'm going to put that in the description of the podcast so people Great. can see that. And your website's on there so they can get information on there. I also told them about the pod, the first episode you guys were on um, to encourage them to listen to that as well. Um, Allison, do you have any thoughts? Any sign-off? They're willing to call If, I mean, what I was just going to say, um, if... Well, let me, let me ask you this. How would people contact you or find you? Let's, let's end it with that. Okay, so my website address is www.alisonsherrill.com or alisonsherrill.co.uk. Okay, and I can put that, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, but um, can you spell that just in case someone doesn't listen yeah. to the notes? So Alison with one L, A-L-I-S-O-N-S-H-E-R-Y. Double L uh, dot dot com. Okay. Or dot co dot UK. Okay. Well, I'll dot com dot. Okay. Well, I'll put that in the link in the show notes. And if you, you want to, you know, access that and see, you know, because you work with anybody in the world. So anybody could, yes. you know, this would be great. You know, mm -hmm. it's something that, uh, something somebody would be interested in finding out more or working with you. So, well, very good, guys. I have kept you guys far too long today. And we've enjoyed it. There's, there's always, there's always more to do here than the day will allow. So I hate that. Uh, <laughs> thank you for letting me come in and take up an hour. Um, but thank you guys so much. And it's a blessing now to know both of you guys and appreciate you and have a great rest of your day. Thank, thank you. you very much.